Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. The Rush Hour. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Yes, it's the rush hour for your Wednesday afternoon. Gus Warland, how are you doing, Mate, my friend? Very well. Huge game of cricket yesterday. <laughs> Worked oh, into the early hours, <laughs> getting sure, making sure we got all the right result, Hang making sure on. we gave all the oh, detail of such oh, yeah. a quality game of one-day cricket. Gus, 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 can, yeah. can I just say this? Yeah. I was watching the game and I was, you know... I was oh, watching, ha- not listening. Oh, so yeah, I was That's watching and, and listening a little bit okay. because Jude Bolton, yeah. he pointed something out to me. What? Jude... What about this guy putting an invoice for that? I, don't, I think that's half an invoice. Like yeah. 24 overs of a 50-over game. Oh, I'm sorry, All out mate. for 86, oh. a record low for the Windies. And I, you, you guys oh. are back in the hotel yeah. having a steak and red wine before even... Quarter past The good six. people of Canberra should have been six. there watching some great cricket. Should have been the dinner break and we're actually back <laughs> at the hotel having a wine. It's the last game that we are going to be commentating oh, on. Oh. So we had a bit of a drink. But the rules are and the contract is as soon as you speak... On air, then the invoice goes in. Oh, and I, did, I did the pregame, so even if it rained, there was not a ball mate. bowled. I was ticking the box yesterday. Tubby Taylor yeah. should no. not. He should not. Yeah. Tubby, Tubby didn't do a lot yesterday, to be fair. <laughs> look, yeah. look, I understand, mate, we got great call teams here. Obviously, Jude on the AFL, us with the NRL, and you're doing a great job in the uh, Triple M cricket. Yeah. But can I just say, I, I'm embarrassed for you. So you not only did that, yeah. and then you're going to Vegas. All I'm hearing from people is, oh, are you going to Vegas? I said, no, there's only one bloke going to go. Uh, I know. Okay. You should be going <laughs> to Vegas. No, not no. too late. To, no, I don't want to go. Late, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. I don't want to hold the fort for us. Okay. What about uh, this, boys? Let's, let's change the subject. Vaping. In Sydney in particular, there was more than 5 million vapes and nicotine products seized in 60 raids across Sydney, which is great, okay? The illegal sale of nicotine carries a $1,650 fine or 55 grand if you're doing more and more and more. Mm. All those places should absolutely get that fine. But the state government have just started the campaign, every vape is a hit to your health. Okay, it's good, but has the horse bolted? I'm hearing fourth graders, fifth graders, because of the flavours that go with these vapes, they're watermelon, tropical, passion fruit and stuff, these kids don't know that it's damaging for their health, so they're already hooked, they're already loving it, and these throwaways are so easy to get. I know the fines are full on, but do you reckon... It's a little bit too late. No, I love the fact that they're trying to crack down. My girls are right in that sort of window that they're, you know, you know, experiment and those sort of things. Have they told you about vaping? No, no, not at all. But, I mean, they've got friends with older siblings and that sort of stuff that have, have delved into it. So, I mean, it's just... They need to do. They need to do more, of course. I, I, I think. I think. Sorry. I think it's too late because um, when they watch um, the A-listers and celebrities and social media TikTok of people are vaping, the kids go, oh, "Well, they're doing it. Yeah. Why can't I?" Yeah. And that's when we were younger. That's that's what happened. We didn't get to watch it on social media, but we watched you know our heroes and commercials and stuff, and we go, oh, "Yeah, but look, we know we know yeah. better now. We know I that know, we think we shouldn't be doing late, it." But it's too late, mate. But stop them before they get into it. That's the main thing. I've got to say, Jude, um, 17th of February, which is only 
about a week and a bit away is the Charity Shield. Absolutely. And actually the pre-season games start on the 15th. On the 15th. So yep. we're really close and only three weeks away from Vegas, as you mentioned, mate. I mean, <laughs> I'm just checking my bloody boarding pass. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, just... okay, but we're happy for you, mate. 1A, is that this... a good seat? 1A? You'll still be doing the show from there. Yeah. You? No, no right. unfortunately, oh, oh. with the timing and everything, and it's what? just hard with the technology <laughs> and everything, yeah, no. Candace, Candace is coming in, but I, but I will give reports. Yeah. Phone up and see if I pick up. Del, a couple of crackdown on uh, a few of the NRL rules. They're looking at the, the rugby mall, driver-like tackle being banned, stopping players from advancing downtown kicks. They're also looking at removing players from standing in the rucks to keep markers out of the play when they're loitering yep. around. Yep. They're trying to stop players who are being held upright in tackles, having another player in come and lift their legs yep. uh, to yep. protect the players there. And the players who jump to retrieve a bounce ball will receive greater protection. So we look back at the, the Manly's Ruben Garrick when he was tackled mid-air. In the Warriors, and they thought it was going to be a penalty, but you can attack the bloke in the air yeah, if the can. ball is bounced, yes. but not this year. So that's a good rule, They James. smashed him, didn't they? They yeah. smashed him, and that would have been a penalty to Manly, and they would have won that game against the well, Warriors. Well, it is, a, it is a good rule change, but we've known for years if the ball bounces, we know it's game on. Yeah. And obviously they have changed it, which I think is great for the young players. Um, I remember this young guy, Ruben Garrick, he came through with Tristan, he came through that system, and when he uh, when, when he obviously went down, I'm just thinking, mate. It, yeah, it looked mate, a bad one. Mate, he, he could break his neck, so I'm glad that that's happened. But I remember Seabol, I spoke to him after. He was livid because it cost him two points. Yeah, well, he, he thought it was a penalty like yeah. everyone did, but when the ball bounces, it wasn't, but yep. this year it will be. And more emphasis on the 10 metres and ruck infringements there. That, that's a good thing, isn't it? 100% because it's messy. Mate, we like a clean game, okay? And the discipline around that ruck area and that 10 metres, um, it's cost teams game uh, games, and also it's been inconsistent. Yeah. So we want consistency, and it's a better product because, mate, we've got some great athletes. We just want, you know... But, but you know what? You're always going to push the boundaries. Man, I'd prefer them to be 12 metres back. Yeah, I agree. When you're rather than eight, like, it does creep in okay. in big games and stuff. Okay, but I'll tell you the problem with that. When you push them back, like, 12 metres and that, they're bigger, stronger, faster. The collisions are going to be, be even harder. Mm. What about the rugby mall driver-like tackle? You, what do you see in that? Is, it, is that a good thing that they're banning this? 100% it is because all these kids... They start their weights at 13 or 14. You're not supposed to start till 15, 16, but they put them in that HPU program. You know, Tristan was in that at 13. They're so big and strong. When I meet these kids, um, man, I can't believe how big they are. I met Latrell the other day, the first time in person. I've seen him a couple of times. Mate, can I tell you, mate, that bloke's a giant. He made me look small. I think he's about 6'4". And, and just watching those young kids come through, mate, good luck. And remember I said to you about Kickout? Um, Kickout made me look small. So it, mm. it is good to change it because... Leave that in rugby union. It's not going so well. And let's get back to rugby league. Yep. Well, we'll see how that crackdown goes. As you mentioned, the so NRL close, preseason though. challenge well, kicks off on the Feb 15. We want your parenting gone bad stories. Because I, during the break, I got a uh, text from Vix, your lovely wife, Gussie. And, oh, uh, what? Hold on. What? This could... My wife yeah, yeah. texting you, yeah, yeah, just, just individually. Because well, we've got a little WhatsApp group with all of us. But yeah. this was a... It was... Away from the WhatsApp. They're, they're the best messages, aren't they? When they're Oi. a step away from Oi. the text. What's, what's going on here? You're I, I want to know. I know we're brother's brother. But I want to know. We're not sharing everything. What happened with Abby in England? Oh, well, not Abby again. I oh, know that. This, that's, uh, sorry. Poor Abby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So this was a little while ago. So if this is what I think you're talking about, I was looking after Abby. She would have been about five or six years old and she was playing with the dog. So she had the. Uh, the dog lead in the dog's mouth, and she was like, you know, do playing, you know, oh, pull, like, pulling, pulling it back and forth and mucking tug around. Tug of war, so, tug of tug war with the dog. Exactly, perfectly worked out. 
Well, the dog decided that didn't want to play anymore, so just sort of gave up whilst Ella, Abby was really pulling at it. So she fell down and she fell down onto her arms, right? She comes in and goes, Daddy, Daddy, I've got a really sore wrist. And I'm like, you'll be right, babe. And I popped in front of Pop, <laughs> Peppa Pig, gave her a muesli bar and a glass of juice and Did, got, got, got on, on with, with my day. day. I don't even know what I was doing, but it wasn't, I was just doing something for myself. Anyway, Vix comes home about three hours later. And Abby comes straight out to her and goes, Mum, Mum, I was playing with, with, with Scrumpy and I hurt my wrist. And she goes, oh, where's Dad? And I heard her sort of say, I, I told Dad, but he put me in front of the TV. <laughs> so anyway, I get the worst look from Vix. Just dead stairs. Dead stairs. <laughs> she goes out, goes down to the local doctor. Three hours later, they come back and she's in a pink cast, broken wrist. <sighs> and Abby walks in and goes, look, Dad, i got a broken wrist. And I'm like, I'm feeling like, you know, an inch tall. It was on your watch. But it was on my watch. And the fact that I didn't listen to her and so forth, so that's bad on me. I know parenting, even good parents have their bad days. But, yeah, that was one that I don't look back on very fondly. Reminds me of this uh, audio we got here. There's a little bit of a an avalanche overseas. A little bit of a an avalanche. A little bit. And okay. uh, let's just hear this parent of the year here. We're sitting there watching from a, a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Kids are screaming, going, Papa. Now, he ends up grabbing someone from the other table, doesn't pick up his kid or so his wife. Papa, Papa, I was getting ignored. Oh, going, that's what and he's that. going, it's okay. This will be okay. Like, it's not going to hit us. It's this huge avalanche is coming down. Did it hit him? <laughs> Damn right, but, he, it did. but what happened to the little kid? He just swept someone off for the next table to get out. Oh, like, no. ran like, ran out like George Costanza in a burning building, you know, oh, that no. sort of feel. Like running over. So, kids. under pressure, he just dropped the ball. I've, I've been a bad parent I've, uh, one time where. Uh, the gymnastics have dropped dropped the kids off uh, on a Saturday, go, go past. Mm. Normally there's a lady at the front door who meets them, you sign them off, there's that handover right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I've just opened the door and, yep, yeah, go kids, you're off to gymnastics. The lady wasn't there at the door. Well, the door's opened, maybe because there was a maybe a cleaner. I don't know if there was. Okay. Um, but I, our kids don't have phones at this particular stage. So you whip so off I, to what, to get the papers and coffee? Well, I drove the 10, 15 minutes back home and then I've had a missed call. And I've looked down and she's obviously gone and found someone in the building to call my number. She goes, Dad, gymnastics is not on. And I've gone, oh, no. Oh, and I've got to tell my wife, Lynette, that I've basically just driven off, you know, like <laughs> left them there. And <laughs> you, you slowed to 30 and the kids rolled out. You didn't do <laughs> mate, your job properly. Mate, honestly. But give us a call yeah. now. Uh, How's getting away with oh, Exactly. Where's Hold your on. parenting gone, <laughs> Dad? You are... <laughs> Can, can we be honest, oh, mate? I've done a lot of wrong things. Okay, <laughs> let's so, just leave it at that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Tara's the parent. I'm the big kid. Yeah, <laughs> give us a call. One triple three five three. Parenting gone bad. Parenting gone bad. Stories and the board is lit up. Guess it has. Uh, Andrew and Waterloo start the ball rolling. Was it you, mate, or your missus? No, it was me. So I thought it'd be funny, like if I taught him to bite. And so if anyone was to stick something in his mouth and said, don't bite, he'd bite. And I also taught him to headbutt. And anyway, my two-year-old ended up headbutting the paediatrician and biting him. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. You're a bad parent. But I've also done worse. So um, he's a really bad eater and I have a really well-trained French bulldog. Yeah. And I may have pretended to get him to pretend to be a dog so that he would eat his dinner. 
and by getting him to shake hands and saying good boy and then feeding him. And he may have also got down on all fours at the pub and started barking. Okay. Oh, well, you're, you, the type, you're the type yeah. of bad parent that we love, Andrew. How about we take you to the Sydney Kings versus the Illawarra Hawks this Sunday, a family pass for you to take to your son. Thanks, brother. Let's go to Brett. How are you, Brett? All right, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. Parenting God, bad stories. What do you got for us? It was me against my son. <laughs> <What> um, <laughs> DIY, DIY renovations, uh, digging footings for a new veranda out the back. Mm-hmm. My son was politely playing off into the distance. I was digging holes, putting said dirt into a wheelbarrow and everything else like that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, sun appears out of nowhere, picking the worms out of the wheelbarrow, and I chopped the top of his little finger off that shovel. No! Did you get it back on? Uh, no, he has a uh, a deformed little pinky right would be his uh, wedding ring finger in the oh. future. Oh, just so, a little memory for you, yeah. Brett. Oh. What's, we'd never let you live it down to. Oh, no, no, no. It, it is, um, it's a subject of conversations when Brett. we're on the drink. Good on oh. you, Brett. What did you nickname him, Scumpy? Did you? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, come sorry, on, mate. sorry. Um, can I go to uh, Troy there? Troy, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, fellas. How are you? Good, good Troy. Mate. Can you tell us your bad parenting story? Well, it was actually my old man. I was about 13-year-old, skateboarding on the street, all the boys out the front, <laughs> busted my elbow. I knew it was broken, bad. It was nearly a compound. Oh, Homes, yeah, skin's all white. I'd go run around the backyard. The old man's mowing the lawn. <laughs> Give us a look. He has, grabs hold of it like it's a rag doll. <laughs> Give us a look, you know? <laughs> Looks at his elbow and he goes... Ah, that's just that bone, you know, like your funny bone, the little lump thing on the end of everybody's elbow. Oh, no. <laughs> John on, takes me inside, chucks a bag of peas on it. Yeah, I'm just stay on the lounge, mate. You'll be right. <laughs> Take it easy. Mum comes home about three hours later from work, has one look at it. What the hell? And, uh, straight to hospital. I was in there for nearly ten days, two operations. Oh, no. It was absolutely, the elbow was shattered. I had floating bone all through it. Oh. I, uh, I'm nearly 50, 50 this year, and still to this day, I can't straighten that arm. Still oh, gives you three. Oh, Probably nice. what your dad did after oh, you yeah. showed it to him. Thank you, Troy. Let's finish it off with Paul. G'day, Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Yeah, g'day, guys. How you going? Good, Thanks, mate. Tell us your bad parenting story. Oh, um, yeah, it was quite a few years ago. Um, my son was only a baby. He was probably six months old. My daughter was um, two and a half. She was going through that terrible two stage. So mm-hmm. t- thought I'd do the wife a favour and take him to the shopping centre. Nice. By the lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't get my daughter back in the car. She just struggled and kicked and wanted to stay there. Just took me took me ages to get her in the car. So I got her in, settled her down, started the pram, put it in the boot. And then about 20 minutes into the journey, I looked in the rear vision mirror and realised the son wasn't in the, the baby seat. He was still in the pram in the boot. Of the car. <laughs> He's in the boot. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Father of the year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I think that takes a cake. That's... Oh, God. Mate. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You have won the gold medal. You're on the podium. That's, yeah, that's all, podium. All the good parents that called us up, but yeah. you all have your little moments, right? Yes. And that's how easy it can yeah. happen. We've oh. all done it, guys. Appreciate so, the calls. Some awesome. more than others. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and so excited to talk to this man. I tell you what, he's got a podcast now on Listener. It's called Secrets We Keep, a nest of traders. Let's take a listen. Three years ago, 
I learned an Australian spy agency was infiltrated by a mole. During one of the most tense periods in history, the frost of the Cold War gripped harder. From Moscow, the tentacles of the KGB go out to every country in the world. An Australian spy was turned by the enemy to bring the agency down from the inside. Joey, first couple of episodes already out. What can people think about and and listen to on this particular pod? Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, what you heard a little bit of there was uh, Nest of Traders, which is uh, my podcast has just come out. As long as I've been a journalist, I've been absolutely obsessed with spy stories. Mm. Uh, You know, I think these are these are powerful institutions and they're worthy of, of a bit of the old journalistic inquiry, but also, you know, these are very, very cool stories. Um, a lot of action, a lot of mystery, everything you, you could hope for. And uh, a few years ago when I was digging around, um, um, telling some of the stories about spy operations in Australia, I noticed a pattern and that was that a lot of the spy operations in Australia, particularly during the, uh, the very tense period of the Cold War, had actually ended in failure. And I started asking questions about why that might have been. And I heard this theory that uh, an Australian spy working at the Australian spy agency ASIO uh, might have actually turned and started working for the enemy, um, sabotaging our efforts from the inside. And uh, I learned that the the truth had been buried and, and they'd never been identified. So uh, I've, I set out to find them. And that that's taken the last three years of my 20s. And uh it's a pretty wow. crazy journey, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> Joey, is it true that like you could actually spend up to 10 years in jail if you did identify this former ASIO spy? That's true. And we've been very, very cautious uh, of uh, that section 92 of the ASIO Act. And it's mm-hmm. come uh, into play throughout the, the creation of the, of the podcast. Uh, you can't identify a current ASIO spy or a, a former spy uh, without authorization. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's obviously a very important piece of uh, legislation in some situations because, um, you know, these these guys and, and, and women do a, lo- a lot of work uh, in keeping Australia safe and keeping the country safe. And they certainly did back when the great threat of the Soviet Union was uh, just over the horizon. Everyone was worried about nuclear war. Um, but with, uh, with this p- particular story, I, I, st- I started to get a sense that... Um, there might have been, uh, you know, when because ASIO was sabotaged, there might have been a little bit of a, a, a cover-up. And that's mm. what I, I started digging into. I was going to say, like, for a young guy, like, mate, you must get a little bit nervous and anxious. Like, this this would put you in a bit of danger. You ever, you ever think about that? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of like I, 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 start, I started on this investigation and I, I guess I kind of just got pulled into mm. into it, not knowing what how, how crazy it would be. I mean, this world is mm. sort of built on... Um, uh, and deception, but uh, I, I don't know. It's the allure of the mystery, and I can't. Sure. <laughs> I can't and it's sort of like once you've started, you've got you've gotten in. You, you need to start getting in pretty deep, and then it, it's. I sort of just had to keep going until I'd I'd gotten somewhere, and and eventually you know landed on some names and chase it. Yeah, Joey, any sort of person that would say just leave it alone. Yeah. You know they're doing a good job. You don't understand it. Um, you know it's really high stakes stuff. What do you say to people like that? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very good point, and it's something I've, I've definitely had to reckon with uh, throughout. I think, uh, unfortunately, um, this was a uh, a failure uh, of our of a of an important Australian public institution at a very important time in in history. I'm told that ASIO has largely, uh, you know, cleaned up its act today, and they're doing um, some great and very important work today, um, but without a kind of reckoning, without this sort of being discussed, without this being um, aired and dealt with, 
um, you know, I wonder if, if even so by telling these stories, we can actually have even more confidence um, in our intelligence agencies uh, today. Um, yeah. How are you able to get access to some of the people sort of involved and that sort of stuff? Like I'm always fascinated. I've loved the likes of the born identity and stuff like mm, that. So like um, yeah, are there people who have just lived and breathed it and are willing to just open up over the journey? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting like you bring up the born identity because I was always like obsessed with the, the uh, you know, Jason Bourne movies, James Bond. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some ways people often come in and they say, oh, you know, it's not spy, spy work isn't like that in the mm. real world. In some instances it is, you know. Mm. I know some special forces blokes, stuff like mm. that, who are like incredibly physically fit, um, you know, to do some amazing work in conflict zones and stuff like that. Um, this story is a lot more about the sort of domestic spy mm. stuff. So it kind of takes a, a slightly different direction. But the answer to your question of how do I get into it, it's, uh, it's actually much, uh, much more boring than it might sound like. It's, it's, it's through letter writing. Mm. Um, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, just doing the old school way of writing out a letter, a lot of former spies who a lot of them have sp- kind of wanted to speak about this episode for the first time and they, they do so in the podcast have, uh, have responded um, really well to that. And I think, I think it might be something in it like it's very easy to uh, using with all the surveillance technology to kind of tap phone calls and stuff like yeah. that. But the old school letter, um, it's pretty secure. Like, you know, it, without if you want to get into it and read it or intercept it, um, it's, uh, it's hard to do it without looking like it's been tampered with. So yeah. I did find some of the old guys responded quite well to that. Well, Joey Watson, we can't wait to have a listen. It's out now on listener.com. Secrets we keep, nest of traders. Thanks for joining us on The Rush Hour. Thanks so much, guys. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Thanks, Joey. Joey. We, we Thanks, love mate, it, buddy. <laughs> Thank Unreal. you, mate. Well done. Here we go. Gus's Mental Fitness Wednesday. So glad we waited for that. Uh, today is all. They put a lot of production effort into that. Go for it. It's, it's actually the only thing we do in the show, which is we, from the heart. Yeah. Should be given more love. Uh, meaning of worth, boys. Know your worth, know your value. It means the people you want to spend time with, put energy on. Knowing yourself, respecting yourself, loving yourself, to have enough care for your inner you, your soul, and not selling out. And I want to give you a really simple task. And everyone listening out there in Triple M land will be able to understand this. And you can put the value on it yourself. A bottle of water. Just think of a bottle of water for a moment. Now, if you go to a supermarket and, and buy a bottle of water, because it might be in 24 or 48 pack, yeah. it could work out to be 50 cents for that bottle of water. Yeah. If you go to the gym, it might be $3 for that bottle of water. If you go to the movies, it'll probably cost you... for that bottle of water. You go out on a plane, could be $7 for that bottle of water. You go to a nightclub that you two frequent, could be $15 for a bottle of water. I'm more whiskey bar, mate. It's the same water. The value has changed due to the place. So the next time you feel your worth is nothing, maybe you're in the wrong place. So when you think about it like that. You talk about your village all the time and who you who's obviously respecting you and the like and looking out for you, is, I guess you're, you're talking to that, aren't you? Exactly right. So your value doesn't depend on what other people think. It's where you put yourself. Like you might be in a great group of friends having a wonderful time. Your value is huge because you're a member of a smaller group, you're having a good time. Without you, the night wouldn't be quite as good. Sometimes we go to places, Dell, and we're trying to be something that perhaps we're not. That might be that little glimp to go, you know what, my value, my bottle of water here is you know, bloody 50 cents. And that's just not, that's not going to do it for me. You've got to make that decision to walk away from those situations. Work out and you need to spend time on yourself to work out what is worthy for your time and effort and what is not. 
Well, I think for me, Gus, I mean, yourself and obviously uh, our man Jude here, last couple of years have been different because before COVID, obviously, I was out and about, you know, going over to Hong Kong, ambassador roles. And for me, I just started, like, just hanging out with just everyone to hang out with me, you know, and I'd ring someone, oh, let's catch up, let's go to the pub, mm. uh, let's play golf. And the last probably six months, I've pulled it right back that if you sit at my table, you've got to bring something to our relationship, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, whether it's your advice or, or my advice. Um, Drew Mitchell has been a great mate uh, to me. Um, so we, we both, if you're going you to have a, an opinion, mate, you've got to listen to the answer and be honest, you know. Exactly. You've got to bring the right energy and you've got to bring the right right, right sort yeah. of mindset to those relationships and those type of discussions. And, and Anthony Seabold for me, always checks in on me. How are you going, big fella? Mate, can you catch up? He jumps on a ferry. We go and have a feed. You know, we have a couple of beers and he's been great for me. So, you know, you know Seab's a good bloke. Oh, yeah. And then those sort of guys. And then you sort of think, okay, I know my value. I know my worth. I've started training again at um, Flo, Ben Lucas. You love it. Uh, but he's been a good mate of mine for a long time. I met him through uh, Talitha Cummins. But now I know my worth. I'm up training. I'm active. It's like you, mate. You inspired me too. You losing that weight. I'm thinking, you know what? Gus is setting a standard. Thanks, Dude mate. does it. And then, mate, us three now, mate, we're, you know, we're a brotherhood. Did you put me in the sexy club earlier today? Because yeah. it's normally just yeah. the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on the outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But now. I've, I, I brought you in. I brought you in. I do like yeah. being in the sexy oh, yeah. club. I'm not quite there, but yeah. Time to do this. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. Please don't make me say it again. Yeah, and of course, the cricket yesterday down here in Canberra, oh. we were drinking at the hotel oh. bar at quarter past six. Oh. It should have been the dinner break in between innings. The lights didn't get turned on in Canberra. The Aussie men, 3 0 victory over your your brothers, yeah, the Windies. The Windies, yeah, I love the boys. Come on. You loved them when they won the Gabba. <laughs> well, that's a good thing is that at least, at least they showed up in the Test Series. Yep. It could have been a disastrous summer with yeah. that, that yeah. performance all through the actually, summer. Actually, Dan and I spoke about at the end of um, play that the summer actually ended up being quite good. Yep. Pakistan could have won one up. or two Test matches and the Windies obviously sharing the Series 1-1. Hey, can I say, boys, we, we love our cricket. Mm. Can, can I just say... It was refreshing to have those young West Indians here. I know, like, they fell short that last game, but just their swag and their vibe, it was like back to the old days of Viv Richards and, yeah. you know, those guys, Carl Hooper. And I reckon it's the older heads like Carl Hooper and out the coaching staff get around them mm. and allow them – they'll be better for that experience, Absolutely. mate. Well, mate, we're the world champions. We, Let, we are, let's hope so. They, they were embarrassing yesterday. Yeah. Let's not get around that. That well, was they, our 1,000th well, one-day yeah. international and obviously the one that we won quite easily. What about rain as affected play in North Sydney as a game? on at the moment with the Aussie girls against South Africa. So a bit of rain around. So at the moment, South Africa are four for 136. The Broncos confirmed that Ezra Mann is re-signed till 2029. Boys, I've got to say, huge. mate, I'm, I'm a massive... What sort of money we're talking? I'm guessing, I reckon, anywhere between six to 600 to 750, mm. okay? So if you're paying him that... That's just, cheap. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's what I'm just guessing because um, I definitely didn't ask my son. But don't forget, if you're paying him that, you got Adam Reynolds also. But don't forget, then you got Reese Walsh. You got to top up. Mm. You got Payne Haas. You got Carrigan. Yep. You got Katoni Stacks. Don't keep them all, mate. No, but you know what? I reckon just get the Roosters account and then they'll be right. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, what about visas for Vegas? You're number one there at the Broncos. He's got to sit down in front of the US. Uh, embassy and get his visa. Haas has got his. So slowly but surely, everyone's getting their visas. But hey, if if you're boys, ma- main man number one, your your son might be playing in the number one spot in Vegas. Well, boys, do you want some breaking news? What? 
Reese Walsh and Tristan Saylor have just been approved their visas. Oh. I, I got a message before, so I didn't want to sort of um, cross the line between father yeah, yeah. and son, but I, I'm, I'm happy for Tristan because uh, you know, he's obviously and then. But Reese Walsh, mate. But can I say this? This should have been done, like mate, before announcing. I know it's tough, yeah. Reese mm. Walsh. Mate, he's an absolute superstar, and Tristan, he's going to have a good time over there. So well he done. Is, hey, I'll look after him too. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell him where we're going to be. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Harry Grant? He is the sole captain of the Melbourne Storm. Just been just been announced. Well, I, look, I think this is a great move. Obviously, they've lost a few players, um, but Harry Grant, he 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 sets a standard at that club, and even when they had injuries. He was consistently pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, obviously, players, you know, those younger players coming through. He's a player you look up to. And he's a winner. He's, he's, a, he's a competitor. Mm. And he sets standards. And that's why he can allow Cameron Munster to do his stuff. Because Munster doesn't – he'd love the captain. But you know what? He's an ex-factor. He's vice-captain. Yeah, no. Co-vice yeah, 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 with Jerome But Hughes. he's like Maxwell. He's like Maxwell. you just got to let him play, mate. He's, he's, got, he's got the X-factor. What about the Swannies? They've gone just with one captain as well. Yeah, Callum Mills, a Sydney boy, um, takes over the sole captaincy of the Swans. Dane Rampey and Luke Power, uh, Luke um, Parker stepped down after being such incredible leaders for the club. Is that good, just one leader? I like it. I like it. It just it goes it? back to the old school style of thing. And Toby Green at the Giants did exactly that and was an incredible leader for the he Giants. He certainly was. That's enough for the sports. Oh, all what in about for today. Origin? Michael Maguire, no? Uh, I'm not talking about that got, yet, mate. Relax. Got plenty Sorry. of Origin's going to come as well. Time for this. The rush hours run the gauntlet. Oh, I love this. Oh, you guys, you guys, Woo! this is a great game. I we like are this. running the gauntlet again. Oh. It's a higher or lower with the dice. Gussie has the dice. Are you are you up for this dice effort? Oh, I am. Or not? I You're am. breaking I them. I just broke it, but okay. I'm putting it back together well, now. We've got one of our incredible callers on the line. Let's go to Phil in Canley Heights. So, hey, Phil. How are you, legends? Love you guys. Ah, Thanks, fantastic, Phil. mate. So you are going to roll the dice. We've got Jussie here to roll the, the reference number to start, and then okay. we can do higher or lower. Right, Go first. going now. Go for it. Roll it. What is it? Two. A two, Phil. So higher or lower than two, and this is for a Makita merch pack, the first stage of the gauntlet. No, in my luck, i definitely got to go higher. <laughs> okay, let's okay. go, Phil. Oh, four. Yeah. four, fantastic. You get the Makita merch back. So now four Whoa. is your next mark <laughs> yes. for the level two. Okay, we love This is for <laughs> the double pass to Madam Webb starring Dakota Johnson. <laughs> Higher or lower four. than a four? Oh, my God. It's got to be lower. Okay, let's oh, go. Come mate, on. I'm nervous for him. What's that? A three. It's oh, a three. Yes, you got that. Well. So you've got the double pass. And now oh, you're off to yeah. Madam Webb starring Dakota Johnson. Now this oh. is for the slash double pass and live and incubus double pass. Jeez. Phil, Phil, higher oh, or lower oh. than three. If you hit three, you don't get it. Phil, you oh want? my God, I hate myself, but I'm going to go higher. Yes, Phil. Okay, oh, Shane and Penrith is waiting oh, to Phil, take over. I'm Here we go. You, mate. He'll get this. He'll okay. get this. Yeah! What's he got? He's got yeah! four! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yes! He's run the gauntlet. He has run and won. You get the slash double pass live and Incubus double pass as well as the Makita merch back and the Madam Web starring Dakota Johnson tickets. He ran the gauntlet! He did, absolutely. Come on, Phil! More on the rush yard. You bloody beauty, mate! Boys, this enhanced game. Yeah. What are your thoughts on well, this? Well, let me Guffy? explain it. Basically, the enhanced games with the Paris Olympics coming up, it's got everyone thinking about the Olympics games. And a lot of people think they're corrupt. A lot of people think that the drug cheats are well ahead of the drug testers, and a lot of people win and then eventually get caught. So it's all a bit of a gamble. So this bloke, this Aussie bloke, has come out and said, you know what? Let's have the enhanced games. Let's have everything, every athlete on whatever they want to be on. 
and just let them put themselves in any sort of drug and see how fast they can go, see how high they can jump. So, so the truly biggest, faster, higher, stronger, like that's the right. In it, whatever you like, because they reckon they're having it anyway, yeah. and they just get caught up with age in you know a couple of years' time. So, the biggest Olympic drug cheats of all time: Lance Armstrong, Ben Johnson, Carl Lewis, Marion Jones, Russia as a country, and other countries as well. Or perhaps have been a little bit sus as well. Just let them go for it. Let the scientists put whatever they want into the athlete's body, and if the athlete takes it on, we'll have those games to see how fast we can run how high we can jump, how fast we can cycle. Yes, yeah. so someone is so, yeah, credible as you, yeah. I just I find this unfathomable. Well, just the I'm fact sa- that you want to take this on and, and – All think, I'm saying is I want cool. to have the discussion with you two blokes. Oh. Okay. So I'd say this. So even like we love Usain Bolt, okay, so he's certainly not a drug cheat, okay, but what about in his last race he got beaten by a bloke who got – who was drug tested? Uh, I think Gatlin. Gatlin beat him. Maybe yeah. that I w- wanted Usain Bolt to, to win that, but like it just taints it. I just think you've got to have cl- sports got to be clean for the next generation of kids because mm-hmm. if they think, oh, mate, let's take drugs and let's do this and let's what do they're that. saying is, yeah, I, I want to offer an athlete. You yeah. can go to these games and nah. you can do whatever you want. No. Nah. And if you want to stay with the Olympics, which they're saying is corrupt, okay. they're saying you're up oh, against yeah. people that aren't yeah. saying they're taking drugs, but they are. Mm. Let's just have an absolutely open slather. Okay. Yeah. Would you watch it? No, I wouldn't watch it. I, I'd no. find myself watching it just to see what sort of records could be posted, like yeah. illegal records. Well, but we, but, it'd be, watch, but but I no, it's not what sports. We about. watched Marion Jones of for a decade, mm. be the dominant sprinter and the dominant and athlete for Australia, yeah. right? Marion Jones. Yeah. And then we find out that she's on drugs the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference? She, she was also on, Lance yeah. Armstrong in terms yeah. of the Tour de France. I mean, it, that play took the absolute pee. Yeah. She was on for that, years. She was on that stuff called Clear or whatever. But also, what about the high tech stuff in and around Lance Armstrong, like the you know the manoeuvres to come in to bring it in and yeah. then the, so let the, everyone. Nah. I mean, most of them are doing it anyway. They're saying so. Make nah. it open, mate. You're no gonna, drug testing. No good for your health. No good for the next generation of kids. So like if, but, if that, yeah. but if that person wants to put it into their body nah. to yeah. be the enhanced games Mate, gold medalist, you're better than that, Gus. You know what? I just don't think, why are you saying it's, just, it's, no, it's not my idea? You want to see it? We should put them on a platform. We shouldn't yeah. put them on no. a platform so that they have that opportunity. So find to go with the Olympics and then find out years later that they're on drugs. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yep. 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 I'm is that what you're saying? Yeah, because even in swimming, it's happened in swimming as well. So it's okay to to say okay. that you weren't on, and then you get it later. What That's about fine. okay? Just quickly, what about what about the Chinese swimmers when that sort of all came about? You know, and th- their but, backs but, were bigger than mine. But, you know, but many of those, yeah. many of so those, so we know they're that, on the drugs. But no, many no. of those that but they won gold medals. Didn't. Many of those that got tested didn't actually those. Oh. Like even though that they saw okay. the big backs. That's yeah. just Oh mate. I don't know, like this Mate, they won the gold yeah. medal, they weren't there hey, the two hey. years later. Exactly, mate. Oh. Mate, oh, you do the mass. Exactly right. Anyway, okay. we, we oh. didn't get many far oh. there because I'm this, done. it's such no, I'm What done. do you mean you're done? Oh please, hey. Time now to talk to this champion. Imagine having a family where pretty much every member has the right to be that annoying backseat driver because they all drive professionally. That's what life must be like on family road trips for our next guest. His granddad, his dad, his brother, his cousin, they're all professional race car drivers. Even his grandma was the first female professional driver. So it's no surprise that he's won Bathurst twice. His family's gone through more fuel than a Triple M Workday playlist. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, the Dick Johnson Racing Team's Will Davison. Yeah, he's an absolute champion. We love him here on Triple M. G'day, Will. How are you, mate? 
Hey, g'day, guys. Thanks for the intro. That was good. Absolutely <laughs> our pleasure. We want you to, to feel special, mate. Obviously, a big supercars um, series about to start again. You've got a new co-driver. Tell us about him, and do you think he can step up in the supercars? I oh, know, another season. Here, here, we, here we go again. I'm, I'm feeling like a bit of a veteran out there <laughs> yeah. these days, but still got the... Uh, the the nerves of a, of a young fella trying to, uh, you know, full of hopes and dreams for another season. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be massive. It's um, like, honestly, I think the way the, the category is now with this Gen 3 product, the second year, um, you know, in this era of the category, obviously a rocky time last year for the category, a lot of politics involved. But, you know, I think this year they've, they've really got the parity right in the cars and the depth in the field, like any team, um, is capable to win. There's any one of, I reckon, 15 drivers out there capable to win every weekend. So uh, it's going to be on. Um, and, yeah, I've got the new co-driver, Kai Allen. That's for that's for September, October, Sandown, Bathurst, the two big Enduros. But, uh, yeah, exciting young talent coming in. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just focused on two weeks. September's a bit far away at the moment. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a big, exciting year ahead. What about Bathurst? I mean, many of our listeners will be heading up there. I mean, just describe what it is like, the, the actual arena, to just to, to drive Bathurst and to win Bathurst. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's pretty special. I mean, to, to start our season there in two weeks, pe- people might be getting a bit confused. Like the Bathurst 1000 is in, mm. is in October. But uh, our opener of the championship is there as a sprint race mm. in a couple of weeks, which is a really different vibe um, with, you know, no co-drivers, you know, 250K races. But no matter what event you go to at the place, it's, it's got an aura about it. You know, you arrive into town, you see Mount Panorama in the distance, this crazy big mountain um, <laughs> that's just got so much history uh, enriched in the joint. Um, and, you know, when you drive there, you know, just going up mountain straight, just the sheer elevation of the circuit, um, the blindness of some of the corners across the top of the mountain. Um, it's actually, even though I've been there, gosh, over 20 times now, it's uh, it's still pretty eerie when I walk around it. Oh, I prefer mm. to drive around at 250k an hour, um, <laughs> to be honest, because when you walk, you're in the blind spots for five minutes, but in the car, you pop in and out of those, honestly, those little <laughs> blind areas in the sp- you know, in the blink of an eye, in one second, you're already through to the next reference point. So you're not in the blind sections for as long, but um, it's that sort of circuit that's easy to make mistakes. It's got huge consequences, but it's just so rewarding. It honestly is an amazing bit of road. And um, to win that, it's, yeah, of course, it's the ultimate challenge, but just everything that comes with it, you know, the history and it's what gave you a dream as a young kid watching that place on telly. So it's, uh, mm. it's a pretty hard to explain sort of feeling. Well, I was going to say that, mate, as a youngster, I never missed Bathurst because of guys like Dick Johnson, Alan Moffat, but can I just say, Peter Brock, mm. he was number five, he was exactly. he was, he was was charming, and uh, he just had the swagger, so you look at guys like John Eels that wore the five, um, you know, James Hurd, and certainly Peter Brock, mate, what did you love about um, those drivers back in the day? Well, exactly. I mean, we, we fight for the Peter Brock trophy now um, and it's just uh, the king of the mountain he was. Um, so to drive for Dick Johnson, you know, I mean, I, I honestly don't think we'll ever replicate, you know, the good old days. I mean, things move forwards, but I still think there's something about that era, you know, where, you know, real legends were made in probably lots of codes of sport, football, um, you know, origin, uh, supercars, but Brocky was 05, Dick was 17, you had Alan Moffat, I mean, it was a very different era of sport. You can't compare it to today and people that try to drive me nuts. I think you just got to appreciate the history that paved the way for what our sport is. Um, 
And yeah, they're just legends. And my first ever Bathurst, I was a young kid. I'd I'd come home from Europe. I'd spent three years chasing Formula One. So I'd done a fair bit of racing, but um, I'll just never forget 2004. I was on the grid for my first 1,000, and it was Peter Brock's last Bathurst 1,000. And uh, there we were on, I don't know, the eighth row of the grid. And I wasn't (laughs) starting the race. My co-driver was. And Brocky wasn't starting the race. Um, And I just had this real pinch myself. I looked next to, you know, my car, and there was that 05, you know, red, HRT yeah. Commodore and Rocky sort of come and put his arm around me at the back wing as the anthem was playing and it was, you know, young fella, just take in the mountain, take, you know, take it all in for what this day's going to bring. You know, it's, you know, I can throw anything out here. And he gave me the big wisdom, Peter Brock speech, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, oh. I'll never forget it. We've got goosebumps in here. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Mate, great stuff. I mean, Will Davison, we wish you all the best for the supercars year ahead. Thanks for joining us on the Rush Hour. Great show, fellas. Massive show again tomorrow. Yeah, Super Bowl preview. And, of course, we're running the gauntlet. Loving that new addition to the show, Jude. Loving it, champ. Well done, Jude. You finally bought something. Yeah, something after five years. Get home safely, everyone. See you, everyone. See you later. Love you guys. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.